Houston, we back, episode four. I got my man Will with me. Will, you got anything you want to say before the episode starts? Hey, man, how y'all doing, man? We finna eat some fire food, some good drinks, and we finna dig into it. Let's get into the episode. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Dear John, the iconic legend Quincy Jones said, To know where you came from makes it easier for you to get where you're going. Sean Diddy Combs said, Everyone has challenges and lessons to learn. We wouldn't be who we are without them. If 2018 and the last six years taught you something, it's that anything is attainable with the right focus and determination. Continue to build. Continue to promote your vision. Continue to inspire creativity and make more creatives. In closing, Nas said, No idea is original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's never what you do but how it's done. The first chapter of your vision's movements is done. However, you're still a visionary. Peace and blessings. John Rawls. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body, Biggie, Jigga, Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby, and I'm wildin' in my wild. Yo, Houston, Texas, we're back. Um, welcome to episode four of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. My name is John Ross Dyke, and uh, before we get started with the episode, we want to go ahead and introduce our social media handles. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and Still underscore Visionary. And my website is www.stillvisionary.com. Will. How y'all doing, man? Hey, look, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Houston Exclusive Eats. So, uh, Houston, Texas. Today is February the 3rd, and we have 303 more days left in 2019. Uh. Well, let me start off by saying this, man. I wanted to wear the hoodie that I sold you uh, a couple of weeks ago, man. But when, when I got to your spot and I saw how hot it is in this mug, I, uh, I elected not to, man. But um, instead, I'm in, I'm in a What's Next uh, t-shirt. Um, so let's get into it, man. Um, Houston, Texas, I have you know that uh, this man and I connect on, on more, than one ele- more than one level, rather. Um, this is my frat brother, my brother, and uh, today, man, we got a little bit of Kings of Israel number 19 in the building, so we want to first and foremost acknowledge that we are squares, uh, we belong to the same organization, yes. and we travel under the same leadership. Will, what's going on with you, baby? Man, I'm ready to eat some food, that's what's going on. Okay, I'm hungry, so, okay. I'm waiting on you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what we got today, right here, actually, is going to be uh, some homemade crawfish etouffee. It's an, ori- it's an original homemade recipe from some family that I have in Louisiana, actually. So it was passed down. It's a secret recipe. So don't ask for no seasonings. Okay. Because okay. I don't want to have to tell you that, you know, if I tell you, I got to kill you. Okay. You already know that. <laughs> and uh, actually, that lemonade that he's drinking right now is hand-squeezed lemonade. Everything that I do is from scratch. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
So I'll preface by starting this, you know, and Houston, Texas, I hope you don't mind. But uh, like he said, we are going to be chowing down. So uh, if you see me uh, pulling back from the microphone, that's because I don't want to talk with mouth. I don't want to talk with food in my mouth. But um, Will, I want to preface by saying this. Um, you see, you know, a lot of African-American um, boys and our brown skin boys grow up idolizing Mike Jordan, idolizing uh, Barry Bonds, idolizing now LeBron James, your D-Wade, your Stephen Curry's and Kevin Durant's. That's if you're an athlete. Uh, uh, a lot of kids, if they rap, idolize, you know, your Jay-Z's down here in Texas, UGK, Slim. Uh, Nas, you know, who did you grow up idolizing? Simply my father. Okay. Just that simple. My father was a hardworking man, mm-hmm. is a hardworking man. Uh, he He's from here originally, and they, uh, but he spent his summers in Louisiana. So when he was little, he used to pick pecans for money in mm-hmm. the fields. That's what they were going to do, pick pecans, berries, catch fish, uh, kill snakes and sell the skins and a bunch of different things like that. So he's always been a natural hustler and finesse. So I get that from him. So um, is it, is it appropriate now to call you a chef? Should I be calling you chef will chef Steen or what should I be calling you to acknowledge your trade and your craft? Uh, I'm just a cook, man. I just like cooking. I don't take it as being a chef because I didn't go to school for being a chef. I didn't mm-hmm. go to culinary art school. This is something that I got from being at home. Mm-hmm. And I like high-class food, so I just took it up a notch. Like my father, he cooked snake, deer, hog, alligator, uh, turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, then my mom would come in, and she would do some fried chicken, some, uh, some lasagna, some spaghetti, some smothered pork chops. So we had a little bit of both, and then I just came in and did my own thing. So uh, when's the first time that you, uh, you know, knew that for sure you could you could make a dish, a complete dish? You got a an entree, you got a side here, and I'm, I'm assuming you do desserts too. When's the first time that you put an actual meal together and said, hey, this is what I do? Man, it didn't even come to me like that. Actually, I was at a point in my life to where uh, I had just started traveling. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was on that journey, and... and uh, I didn't have a job. I had lost my job going through. And uh, a buddy of mine that was staying with me, he was like, man, you know, you can sell food. I was like, nah, man, I don't have a big enough following. You know, my, you know, my circle is small. And, you know, I don't like, at that time, I wasn't a real social individual. Mm-hmm. So he was like, nah, man, look, I got a lot of followers. You make the food, I'm going to post it. So I just started selling pasta like that. And that's mm-hmm. how I started. It started out with just a simple pasta plate. Mm-hmm. And, man, when I look back at the pictures now, I'm like, man, that's horrible. I wouldn't have spent $5 for those <laughs> plates, but people were spending 15 and 20 mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's just how it started. I just It was just something somebody suggested. I just went with it, and it stuck with me. But for me, what I like from it is when you bite in that food and I get to see your eyebrows raise, your cheek muscles moving, and that smile comes, come uh, across your face, I know I got you. Okay. Okay, so so tie in the fact of how Houston Exclusive Eats came in about that. Where did you get the name from? Um, actually, another one of my friends and another one of my brothers, my Mason brothers, uh, Davion, he has a clothing company called Exclusive Clothes. So me and him were talking. I was just like, yo, look, let me use the name Exclusive Eats. He said, go ahead. And we just went from there. We collab on a lot of different things from food and clothes and 
you know, always promoting each other. Man. <laughs> yeah, I do. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm trying to pick the right times to eat while you talk, man. But <laughs> you caught me on the end of it, man. Hey, this right here. See, Houston, Texas, I have you know this. So, a little bit about Will is Will um, first came through the lodge, right? And it wasn't the right time. <laughs> Right. It wasn't the right time. And he's laughing because that's an inside joke. It wasn't the right time. So it you was know, not. It, it was not. You take your time with things uh, almost like cooking. Right. The first the first thing that you put together might might, might not be the right dish. Right. But Absolutely. you come back, you wait for the right time. You might need a little more time in the oven or you might need a little more seasoning or you might need a little more of this. Right. So Will comes back when the time is appropriate. Right. He finishes the process. So I remember when you were first doing it, because when he came through the lodge, we used to do chicken and beer yes. every second and fourth Wednesday. Yes. And then when it's a thing that when we have guys that come through our lodge, they supply food, right? And so sometimes that chicken can run you up $50, $60, you know, the beer, That's $25, $30. Chicken. chicken is $50 <laughs> to 60 That's if they're picking something cheap. Oh man, don't let it be Frenchies. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man, you eighty dollars in chicken, then you gotta go spend another forty in beer. And don't let them ask at the end of the night, hey man, uh y'all do us a favor and go grab an extra case. Mm-hmm. Or what about that liquor? <laughs> Special request. So um um so what was I gonna say, man? What was I? Food that good, huh? I, I know. Yeah, yeah, the food is that good. So the um the process of making this food is almost similar to your process in the craft. Yes, it is. Explain that. Talk to us about that. How you how you made this dish, this particular dish, and why this dish? Um, I chose this particular dish because I love seafood, and that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Seafood. We in Houston. We are known for our seafood. A lot of rappers and celebrities and uh, other people come to Houston just to eat papados. And I'm going to be honest with you. This plate is better than Papado's. Mm. And uh, this Facts. particular dish at Papado's, uh, I think they, uh Etouffee plate goes for like $34.99, uh, $25. And you're going to get a bigger fish. You're going to get some real seasoning. And you're going to get more everything. So, talk that. Uh, talk that. I, like, I like when people pop their shit. Talk that. I, I have to, man. I have to be honest. It doesn't just look good. It tastes good. You know, and, and you can tell that. When I'm cooking this, I'm putting a lot of love into it. I'm taking my time. I'm not just rushing and trying to get it out the door. Everything from picking up ingredients to taking orders to cooking it, plating it, I take my time. I take my time with it because I want it to be perfect. It's been nice where I've made pans of pasta for people. And if it didn't taste right, guess what? I scrapped the whole pan. I went paid for another one out of my pocket. Mm. They didn't know it, but I paid for it out of my pocket and they got a free pan. Mm. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's something that you have to take your time with, with everything. So, fam, because I don't have any manners, man, um, I, knew, I normally do this at the beginning of the episodes, but I find a way to conveniently sneak this in. I have this token from my company to you, man. It's a black... SVI t-shirt that I give to everybody who comes on and uh, features on the episode and I want you to 
you know, wear that and rock that and, you know, just tell them where you got it from, man. So that's a gift from the company to you. Most definitely. I greatly appreciate that, brother. So um, they say that uh, the key to a man's heart is through his stomach or something I've heard, something like that, right? How would you say that being somebody who can throw down in the kitchen has affected your personal life? Man, the fact that you asked me that, it literally gave me chill bumps up the back of my neck. Um, It has an impact on my life in a major way because I could be doing a lot of different things, you know. I'm from South Park, and, you know, that that name alone says a lot. I could be selling other stuff besides food, and I chose to take a different route. So it, it helps keep me grounded, just like the Lodge. Man, the Lodge has kept me grounded so much these past six, seven months. And, and we'll get more into that after uh, after uh, after the show, but this it man, it's it's just a beacon of light, bro. It's mm. it's it's a difference because I don't have to go work a nine to five. I can really put my energy into all of this mm. and run a business, a company. You mm. know, it's 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 just it's life for me. I go in the kitchen, like I said, I don't cook to sell plates. That's fine, but I cook to make a difference because. Me giving a homeless man some food might might stop him from doing something crazy. Mm. It's just like a compliment you give to somebody when you see him. How you doing? You okay? You look beautiful. Man, brother, you look handsome. Man. Who your barber is? Me saying something that simple could stop you from snapping. Me cooking a plate for somebody and handing it to them for free or whether they pay for it, that food can make their day and change their whole mood, their whole mindset. Mm. So it's, it's just a life-changing experience. Okay. So... Um here on the podcast, what I like to do, man, on the podcast is I like to bring creatives on, talk about their journeys, all right? What makes them a creative? What is this thing that they've created? So take us through the process of, for anybody who um, aspires to be a chef, aspires to cook, take us through the process from going from the very beginning where nothing is cooked, nothing is seasoned, to coming out with a massive, massive piece like you have right here. Start us from the beginning. Uh, for somebody that's beginning mm-hmm. and just trying something, man, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I was 18 when I started cooking. So I didn't start cooking early because I lived in a two-parent household. My parents cooked everything. My daddy was cooking wild game. My mama was cooking soul food and everything else. So I didn't have to cook. But when I moved into my first apartment and uh, my girlfriend at the time, no shade, she couldn't really cook. She was baked fish. Baked chicken. It was all baked, baked, baked. So I started getting on YouTube and Pinterest, and I was trying different things, and I just added my own twist to it. You know, just first and foremost, follow the basic recipe. Mm. Once you master the basic recipe, then you can add your twist to it. You can go in like Salt Bay and, you know, drip a little of this and a drip a little of that into it, but follow the basic recipe. And after you master that, everything else is a breeze. You're just trying stuff. I still go in the store, and I'll see something. I'm like, hmm, what's this? Let me grab this. Let me try this when I get home. So I'm still trying new things myself and trying different dishes and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Um, what song's on your mind right now? Man, Wins and Losses by Meek Mill. Okay. All right. Yes. And uh, um, the song that's on my mind right now is um, I actually – it's funny. At work the other day, uh, the dean of inst- well, the dean of students came up to my classroom, right? right? And I thought that he was looking for one of my kids. I thought that somebody was in trouble. <laughs> so he pulls me out and he says, "Mr. Dyke, let me let me talk to you right quick." And so he says, 
I just met this young lady who passed me her demo. She can sing. You know, I don't know nothing about the new music that y'all listen to, mm-hmm. but I knew that Dyke, he does podcasts. Come talk to me after class. So I come in and I talk to this, uh, talk to Sergeant White. Shout out to Sergeant White from Walter High School after class. And he introduces me to this girl. She has a track, a single called No Tripping. That's what's on my mind right now. No tripping. And I'll pass it to you. Remember I said it in a meeting. Right. Song's jamming, man. The song is jamming. So Houston, Texas, this is what we want to do. I'm tired of looking at my food. <laughs> and I'm tired of having to hide um, eating and smacking and all of that to be able to talk eloquently on the mic. So we're going to take a brief break. I'm going to eat a little bit of this, pack some up for wifey. And we're going to get back into the episode. Houston, Texas, you're now watching... Episode 4, Houston Exclusive Eats. This is the What's Next Podcast. Peace and blessings. This is a private party. Been on my dick too long. Your breath on private party. You gonna be nice and naughty. These walls on prices already. This the upper crust. Fuck is up. Over and Houston, Texas. We back. Um, I didn't gobble all my food down, Will, because I want to be able to avoid the itis. Um, so I think before we went on the first break, we were talking about the 303 days left in the 2019 year, right? Right. Um, what do you what do you hope to attain in those next 303 days this year? Man, I just want to multiply my company as much as I can. Um, I'm looking to move into a small restaurant, but I want to do something local because all the food businesses are in Third Ward, Midtown, Uptown, the Heights. Uh, They all in that area. We don't really have that much in South Park. So that's why when I'm cooking, I'm doing something exquisite, something with with a little bit more class. It's not just a hamburger and some bacon and lettuce and tomatoes. I want to bring some class to my neighborhood. That's actually what I would like to do uh, later in life. I just want to do something different in my hood that ain't nobody else did. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so you say, uh, you've said twice now South Bank. Explain South Bank, South Park, and how that relates to the South Side. All right. So South Park goes from 16 to dead end. Okay. All right. Uh, it's zip code 77033 and 77048. So if you're from Hersheywood, uh, Kelso, uh, South Bank, uh, Dead End, Sims Bio, uh, a couple guys, South Acres, uh, you know, it's, it's a few neighborhoods within South Park, just like how, how Fifth Ward has its own different factions and sections. We have the same thing. Mm. Well, Fifth Ward, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. All right. All right. So um, you said something about um, wanting to put on for your hood and wanting to be in this area because there was nothing exclusive in this area. Have you uh, have you heard about the um, Houston food 
truck festival or something like that. You know that thing that Fred and them be doing. Have yes. you have you heard about that? Yeah, I heard about the food truck festival. I'm just not at that point in my life to where I want to do a food truck exactly because it's a lot of overhead. It's a lot of maintenance, mm. and um, I read over those paperwork's multiple times. And it's a lot too. It's a real tedious. Just mm-hmm. you can't just go out on the street and sell food. No, you have to have a list of how long you're gonna be at this spot, where you're getting your water from, who you got the permit from, what the owner is saying, and all of these different things. So mm-hmm. I just don't feel like now is an appropriate time for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe next year or in a uh, in a year or two, I'll be trying to do a food truck. But right now, I just want to grow the company and get a nice solid fan base mm, first okay 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 hey man um so um cooking what is what is the allure that you have and you said this before but i want you to be more specific in terms of like the different foods that you choose what is the allure that you have um for just the 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 aspect of putting a meal together what is the allure that you have for that like why why put a meal together? And you said earlier you had said some earlier some stuff, but I want you to cater towards the food that you actually touch and, and wash and clean and all of that. What is your lore behind cooking? Um, it depends on the mood that I'm in. The mood really, um, and what's going on around me or what I seen that day. Uh, almost like how a rapper see something they jot it down on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on what I see that day or my mood depends on how I'm gonna cook. But uh, as far as seafood, uh, I try to eat as clean as possible. So I try to stay away from uh, food that's not clean for us. And by clean, I mean by what's in the Bible, what they say you're not supposed to touch. Like, you're not, only, not only you're not supposed to not eat crawfish, you're not supposed to touch it. You're not supposed to touch your clothes. Mm-hmm. So I try to stay away from it, but I'm human. Mm-hmm. We make mistakes. <laughs> you know, that's something, you know, you got to work on on that, on that, on that block, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, so... Yeah. Something, you know, that I'm working on. But um, I love seafood, and that's where a lot of it comes from. I try to stay away from red meat. I was actually going through a period in my life where I wasn't eating red meat, and uh, I was craving a hamburger one night. This was like after eight months of no mm-hmm. red meat, none whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I stopped at the McDonald's, and I got a hamburger, and I didn't get to eat the burger. I started to eat the fries. And I got like five minutes up the street and I started choking and gagging. My body was rejecting that food. Mm-hmm. So I try to stay away from it as much as possible. Okay. So um, how, do you, how do you feel that working in um, a contemporary kitchen, i.e. the restaurants in Uptown, the restaurants in Third Ward, take away from your exclusivity of food and cooking? How do you think that, that uh, affects that? I think it doesn't because I'm South Park's best kept secret. Mm. That's the exclusiveness behind it. You know, um, they have a lot of attention already. So they have uh, more of a chance to be competing with somebody next door. I don't feel like there's no competition around here. And not to toot my own horn. No, but, go ahead and pop your shit, bro. Come on. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, I don't feel like there's no competition. This is a, uh, this is the perfect environment and the perfect time to be trying to grow a company in my neighborhood. Mm. You know, like I said, we don't have nothing. We have uh, Miss Betty's up the street. We got a, uh, and Burger, that's Sunnyside. Burger Park. Yeah, Burger Park. And that's really it. Yeah. That's, that's really it that we have to ourselves. Everything else closes at 9 o'clock. Mm. So I want to bring something else to the neighborhood. I want to bring something exclusive. You can't get this. Where else are you going to go to get this? 
okay. Papa those, they're going to charge you $10 more. <laughs> you know, and then at Papa, you can eat all your food at Papa those and go home. You ate half of that and start talking about itis. I'm giving you a real meal. This is not no little $15 plate. No, it's a real meal. That's something you have to sit down and you can't just go in your car and be driving down the freeway trying to. No, it's not going to work because mm-hmm. it's too good. So, um, um, here's a question I thought of for, for somebody who spends a lot of time in the kitchen. There's a, a sister in my, in my chapter that I am patron for. And she says that she, after inspecting foods and stuff like that, she can't eat certain things from certain places. Do you have that type of feeling when you, now that you cook your own stuff and you, you might go out to a restaurant and eat there, do you have a feeling where you have to, okay, I have to see how they cleaned it, or I have to see what they're using to cut their stuff, or I have to see what kind of sauces and, and spices that they use? Well, I'm going to say like this. I used to work at Jack No Box in, uh, in Paraland, and I've seen some of the worst of the worst. And this is in Paraland, you know? Mm-hmm. So I know what goes on in the kitchen. Mm. I've seen the manager barefooted. In the kitchen. <laughs> like, look at me. I'm not joking. Barefooted. In the kitchen. Cooking. Food. You know? So, yes, I am very, very picky when it comes to where I eat and uh, how they cook things and things of that nature. And not only did I work at Jack in the Box, but I had the chance to work at a more upscale restaurant uh, at the downtown aquarium. And I seen how things are supposed to be done. Mm. So I got to see the good, the bad, and the nasty. Mm, okay. Hey, so uh, you have a website? Yes, I do. Um, I'm actually in the process of remodeling the website, but the website is exclusiveeats.com. Mm. That's going to be X-K-L-U-S-I-V-E, eats, E-A-T-S.com. Okay. So what I like to do here on the podcast, man, is the podcast came about me um, thinking about the moves after I finish a certain project. So I'll be, I, I, I would have worked on a project and I'm nearing the process of dropping it. And then I think to myself, okay, well, when this project is dropped, what's next? What I like to ask the features on this, up, on this podcast is, so what's next for Wilstein of Houston Exclusive Eats? First of all, what's next for me personally and for my company we selling jerk chicken plates. Okay. This Friday. Okay. At AJ's Barbershop. And that's uh that's gonna be that's gonna be March the eighth, March the seventh. Yeah, March, March the seventh. Every Friday I'm at AJ's Barbershop. That's on the corner of two eighty eight and Reed Road. And they, uh from twelve thirty to two o'clock, I am there selling plates. You can actually follow me on my website or the Instagram page, Houston Exclusive Eats. And you're able to keep up with me and see what we have going on for that week. But um, what's next for the company is, man, that I just want to start catering weddings, galas, balls, and mayor's balls and things of that nature. I want to open up a restaurant. Um, and then I want for this to be the stepping stone for other ventures, for uh, real estate and just many other things. Okay. So this is not the end. It's only the beginning. It, this is this is going to open up doors for other things. This this is not the end. Okay. Well, Houston, Texas, man, that's our time. Peace and blessings.
Yo, it feel like 95 Sachi on my body Biggie, chicken, puffy All that ballin' is a hobby And I'm wildin' in my wallies And them valleys, no Pilates More way, get you more way Now that's these Bumanti My crystal ball, I see crystal I crystal y'all with that I saw the sign like Ace Space That Ace of Space get crackly like Cheers to the money guy The Willie nigga Who buy them bottles And then they spill these liquors Yo, yo, salute my dude I see you, dawg Five bottles, one dick Why I need some rubs? I know I'm out of line But love is sour time You know it rose rain When your cloud is nine Get off that high-ass hussy This a private party Been on my dick too long Your breath on private party You gon' be nice and naughty These walls on priceless Audi This the upper crust, fuck is up